Thank you so much, ladies. It feels like Christmas now to me. Can can you have a feeling? I don't know. Maybe it feels like Christmas to me now. Isn't the church beautiful? They did a wonderful job decorating the church for Christmas. And we're excited about Christmas time here. It's a great time to invite people with you to church. They may come at Christmas time, may not come any other time up till now, but they'll come at Christmas time. And so be inviting friends and neighbors and those you know of who don't go to church somewhere. Invite them to come and join us here. So we're going to be looking uh, at Christmas carols, uh, Christmas carols. And we'll be looking at those in just a moment. Everybody get settled and uh, in their spot. I like this down here. I can see you and you can't misbehave as much. Some of you within spitting distance, you might get. Growing up, I remember watching a game show on television called Name That Tune. Does anybody remember that one? You ever see Name That Tune? Now, I think it may have been in reruns when I was watching it growing up. But they had a live orchestra. They had a live orchestra. And they would have contestants on there. They would test them on their knowledge of music. And I don't remember a lot about the show, but I do remember one particular segment they had. It may have been the ending segment where they would have the two contestants that were remaining come down. They would face each other like this. And then I, I don't remember all the details, but I'm assuming that the host gave them a, a, uh, a clue about a song. And then they would bid down on how many notes it would take for them to name that tune. And so the one contestant would say, I can name that song in three notes. And the other person might say, well, I can name that song in two notes. And then amazingly to me, sometimes the other contestant would say, I can name that song in one note. And then the other contestant would say, name that tune. And then you would watch and they would take and one finger would hit the key on the piano. And amazingly enough, they would sometimes name that song out of one note. And I was younger than that. That's amazing. One note and they knew the song. Well, this morning, we're going to play our own little musical game to get started. I'm going to give you part of a song or a phrase of a song or a title of a song. And I want you to give me the next part. Okay? so we'll start with secular music. And see what you know about secular music, okay? So I'm going to start. You're allowed during this part to give the answer out loud. Don't be shy. All right? You ready? You ready to play? You ready to name that tune? Let's see if you know this one. Jingle bell, jingle bell. Jingle bell rock. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Good. Rocking around. I'll have a blue. I, I feel good, y'all feel that way about me. Rudolph. Santa Claus. Felice. I, you know what? Some people don't like, I like. I don't know what they're saying, but I like that one. It's really. How about this one? I'll be. All right, well, let's move from secular to sacred. See if you know these. Finish these phrases or these titles. We three. Silent. It came. I heard. Who is he? Oh. 
Who is he in yonder stall? That's right. This is a hard one. I don't know if you'll know this one or not. There's a song in the air. Wow. Go. Oh. There's a couple, aren't there? I was thinking, oh, holy night, oh, come all you faithful thoughts of O's. Well, you know what? Wonderful. Not only did we prove that you have a knowledge of Christmas music, we also proved another important point this morning, and that is music is a powerful tool of communication. I only gave you a few words, or even one word, and you were able to complete the thought. You were able to bring to your mind the rest of what we're talking about. Other things came rolling into your mind with just a word or two. Some songs not only bring words to your mind, they also will bring memories to your mind that transport you to another place, to another time. Maybe there are certain songs that remind you of certain people. By the age of nine, I guess it was, I sang, I began singing in our church choir. And we didn't have a children's choir or anything. We're blessed with those here at Red Hill. But about nine years old, I sang in the adult choir. I sang on the back row. With the men, the men's row. So there I was, nine years old, around that time, singing in the men's choir. And when I think of certain songs, certain people come to mind. We used to sing a song called Peace, Peace, Be Still. Do you all know that song? The winds and the waves may will obey his will. Peace, peace, be still. And I, whenever I hear that song or think about that song, I always think about Mr. Whitby leaning over to me. Mr. Whitby would lean over to me, probably just about every time we ever sang the song, would say, when I was young, they used to sing it this way to me. Please, please be still. Instead of peace, <laughs> peace, be still. I asked my wife's permission to share this story. I didn't want to embarrass her too much. She said, I could tell you this story. When she was growing up, whenever they were singing the song, where it was, hallelujah, thine the glory. That's not the way she thought it went. <laughs> this is the way my wife sang it. And she says she sang it with gusto. And I won't offend anybody. Here's how she sang it. Hallelujah, darn the glory. <laughs> she would sing it out. Certain songs bring back certain memories and certain people and certain times and certain places. The song, Brethren, We Have Met to Worship, whenever I hear that or sing that, makes me think of my friend Chris or his dad, Doug. They always sang that a cappella. Uh, when you think of the song, I'd Rather Have Jesus, who do you think of? George Beverly Shea, singing I'd Rather Have Jesus. Music is a wonderful gift. It's a gift of God. Couldn't imagine life without music. But it's also a powerful tool of communication. It has a way of lodging itself in our brains like nothing else can. It's no mistake that the advertisers, they come up with jingles and songs. There's probably phone numbers you could sing right now. You remember the number. And, and there are jingles and things you remember. Well, that being the case, we need to be very careful about the music we allow into our minds and our hearts and our, our lives. Because it enters our ears, it enters our minds, and has a way of getting lodged there. We're going to use that tool this Christmas season. And we're going to use music to help us to learn truth. What we're doing is we're taking Christmas carols, familiar Christmas carols, and we can only do about four or so. And so yours may not be one of the ones. And if so, I apologize. And if we like the series, maybe we'll do it again next year. We're going to take at least four Christmas carols beginning today. And we're going to use those Christmas carols to drive us to the Bible, to drive us to Scripture. 
to learn some things and to grow in our Christian faith. Now, it's a little bit different than I normally preach. Normally, I have you open your Bible and you find a passage of Scripture and we walk through that passage of Scripture. We're not going to do that today. What we're going to do is we're going to be in lots of different Scriptures. So you may want to take a care card and one of those little pencils or a pen from your pocket or whatever and jot some references down. If you'd like, you can even open your hymnal. Now, if you can juggle all that, you can have a hymn book, a Bible, and something to write notes with. If you can juggle that, more power to you. But if you want to look at the hymn, we're going to be looking today at uh, number 77. If you want to open your hymn books to number 77. And you can get your Bible, be ready. We'll look at several verses today. Now, you realize these carols are familiar Even though we only sing them once or twice a year. Why? Because we sing them year after year after year. They become a part of us. They help to form our thinking about the Christmas story. Our understanding of truth. So we want to dig a little bit deeper into these carols and get into the scripture. By the way, don't miss the cantata next Sunday night. Uh, As I've been trying to get ready to sing with the choir in that. The songs this year are so rich, so deep in the truth they give out. I mean, it's worthy of worship. It lifts my heart in worship when I'm singing them. Don't miss it. Come and listen carefully as the choir sings next Sunday night. All right. Today we're going to dig into number 77, which is what? Come thou long expected Jesus. Now that's from the pen of Charles Wesley. Many of you probably know John Wesley better, the founder of Methodism, but Charles was his brother. Charles was a prolific hymn writer. He he penned over 6,500 songs. And this particular one that we're looking at this morning was actually part of a small collection of 18 poems that were released in 1744, a long time ago, in, in a publication called Hymns for the Nativity of Our Lord. Now, we sing it to the hint to the tune of Heifredal. You'll see that there at the bottom. Believe it or not, Heifredal was composed by a 20 year old young man named Roland Pritchard. And that was done in 1830. And Heifredal literally means good cheer. And so I hope that as we study it today, it will bring that to your life in my life. It will bring good cheer to us. Hi for it all. Come, thou long expected Jesus. Now, I'll be honest with you. It's hard for me to believe that we're already in December. This year is winding down. We're moving rapidly toward Christmas. And I thought, what an appropriate song to study first as we think about Christmas. When we study, come, thou long expected Jesus. You know, anticipation plays a great part in Christmas. Let me ask you, boys and girls, are y'all ready for Christmas? Are you excited about Christmas? You're looking forward to Christmas? Yeah. Many of the adults are looking forward to Christmas. Some maybe aren't looking forward to Christmas. But you know what? Anticipation plays a great part. And just as we're waiting for Christmas morning to come, many years ago, they were waiting for the Messiah to come. The reason we have Christmas. They were waiting for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the coming of Jesus, Christmas is not a modern thought. It's not a modern creation. It's not something we came up with last week. It goes as far back as the foundation of the world. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, let's start in Revelation 13, 8. And I'm going to give these out rapidly. That's why I encourage you to write them down. You can go back and look at them uh, later. If you're you're fast turning your Bibles, you can join us. But Revelation 13, 8, listen to what it says. All who dwell on the earth will worship him 
whose names have been written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The lamb there is the Lord Jesus slain from the foundation of the world. So in the eternal counsels of God, as the Trinity communed together, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. It was known among them and by them that one day it would be necessary for Jesus to come and be our redeemer to die in our place. Even before we were ever created, God knew it would be necessary for him to send his son to die in our place. And yet out of love, he still sent. He still created us and he still sent his son from a human standpoint. The message is as old as us. We find it in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, in the third chapter, in the 15th verse. Here's what it says. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Who's that talking about? That's talking about Jesus. That's the gospel in Genesis. That's the gospel in the garden. So right back at the very beginning, as old as we are, we have the gospel that the Lord is going to send one to redeem us. And of course, we get more details as we go along. We've seen it in the life of Abraham. We've been studying Abraham. We see it in the life of Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis 17, 9. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant. You and your descendants after you throughout their generations. In other words, what we have here is we have talking about the coming of the Messiah. All the way back, he's going to come through the seed of Abraham, through the seed of the woman born to a virgin. And so Jesus Christ is the theme of the Bible. Jesus Christ is the theme of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus Christ is the theme. Amazing verse of scripture, Luke 24, 27. Luke 24, 27 says this, talking about Jesus. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. You say, well, what's the Old Testament about? It's about Jesus. What's the New Testament about? It's about Jesus. What's the Bible about? It's about Jesus. All the way back. The prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus, what we're told about his coming, are amazing. And he fulfilled every one of them. Did you know that the Old Testament tells us, long before he was ever born, where he would be born? It tells us this in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Exactly where he's going to be born, Bethlehem of Ephrata. It tells us he will come as a child. Listen to Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. See how rich that is? A child is born, a son is given. God's giving his own son, coming in the form of a flesh. Now, he didn't begin there. He's God, but he took on flesh there. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It also tells you to be born of a virgin. That's why in Genesis, it talks about her seed. Did y'all notice that? It says, and I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. 
And normally you think about the man, but it says her seed. Why? Because the Bible says to be born of a virgin. Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So you see, the Savior was promised. Emmanuel. They were looking for the Messiah. Come thou long expected Jesus. We're looking for you. We want you. Come thou long expected Jesus. But here's the question. Why was it necessary for him to come? Well, Scripture gives us the answer, but that song gives us the answer, too. If you'll notice the words, it says in that song, born to set thy people free. The second verse says it this way, born thy people to deliver. Now, here's the question. Free from what? Deliver from what? What is it we need to be delivered from and freed from? Sin and condemnation. In fact, the song says that, doesn't it? Look at that carol again. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. See, he came that we might have freedom. We might have rest. We might have joy. And how does the song go? It continues this way. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. You see, beloved, Christ is the hope of every people, all people, every nation, every longing heart. John 3.16 is probably the most well-known verse of Scripture in the world. And it's a wonderful Scripture for Christmas. Why? Because in it we see the largeness of God's love, but we also see the largeness of God's gift. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. What a gift he gave. But what did he give? Who did he give? His only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. As our banner reminds us this morning, he wants all peoples to know him. That's why we give to missions. That's why we go. That's why we share the gospel. That's why we share the gospel here in our neighborhood and around the world. He wants all peoples to know. That's why Jesus came to redeem, to free, to pardon, to give uh, freedom from sin and condemnation. So I ask you today, have you received his gift? Have you repented of your sin and placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been released, as the song says, from your fears, your bondage, your sin? Has your longing heart found that joy and the hope of all the earth, the Lord Jesus? If not. You can come today to him. You can go to Calvary today and you'll find forgiveness and pardon and cleansing. I encourage you to turn from your sin to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, listen, at Christmas, we often think of the birth of Jesus. And that makes sense, doesn't it? We're celebrating his birth. Now, it's not his beginning because as God, he is eternal. He's always been. But at Christmas time, we think about that time where he came and took on flesh. He became man, Emmanuel, God with us, God in the flesh, the God man. Now, his birth was unusual in many ways. It truly meets the definition of unique. Uh, We know he was born to a virgin. But did you notice that song? There's a phrase in it that I'd never really thought about until I studied for this message. Do you see where it says there in that song, born a child and yet a king, born a child and yet a king. 
The great Baptist preacher Charles Spurgeon was preaching and he talked about this carol on December the 23rd, 1855. Now, looking out the crowd, I don't think anybody would have been at that particular service. (laughs) Right. But here's what he said about this. He said, a very singular thing is this, that Jesus Christ was said to have been born king of the Jews. Very few people have ever been born king. Men are born princes, but seldom born kings. I do not think you could find an instance in history where any infant was born king. He was the prince of Wales, perhaps, and he had to wait a number of years till his father died. And then they manufactured him into a king by putting a crown on his head, a sacred chrism and other silly things. But he was not born a king. Spurgeon says, I remember no one who was born a king except Jesus. And, and their emphatic meaning is that that verse that we sing, born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. The moment that he came to earth, he was a king. And, and I, I was like, wow, think about that. Don't let those small, tiny fingers and toes fool you. Don't let his crying make you make a mistake of his identity. He was a child, but he was a king and not just any king. He was king of kings and lord of lords, and it's his right to rule and to reign and to rule and reign in our hearts. That's what the song says. Listen to the words again. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Watch this next part. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring by thine own eternal spirit rule in all our hearts alone. Now I want to ask you today, is he doing that? Is he ruling in your heart? It is his rightful place. He's the king. Oh, there's so much here in just these few words. See, Charles Wesley is known for his rich, theologically rich songs. You see how scripture and this singing and this song are matching up as we're learning truth. Oh, we're singing a song. We've sung it many times before. But we're beginning to see, oh, there's so much truth in this song. One more thing. Here, I'm going to mention. We, th- we sing this song, we think about his first coming, don't we? His first advent, as we refer to it. When he came as a babe born and placed in a manger. Come thou long expected Jesus. But you know what? Those of us who know him, we are looking forward to his second coming. We're looking forward to his second advent. You see, notice what it says there in that song. It says, he is born to reign in us forever by thine all all sufficient merit. Raise us to thy glorious throne. Think about that for a moment. Listen to what Isaiah 9, 7 says. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even... Forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. His forever kingdom. Isaiah 7, 13 and 14 says it this way. Then he said, hear now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. His kingdom will be forever. Come, thou long expected Jesus. Now, here's the glorious thing. Those Old Testament prophecies told us where he was going to come to, where he'd be born, how he was going to come, born of a virgin, born as a child. 
We're given those signs. They're looking for the Messiah. Well, guess what? He's given us signs concerning his second coming. Let me share with you Luke 21, 25 to 28. Luke 21, 25 to 28. And there will be signs of the sun and the moon and the stars and on earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them from fear and expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Jesus is coming again. He says this in John 14. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there, you may be also. First, John three, two and three says it this way. Beloved, now are we the children of God. And it has not been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And I ask you today, beloved, are you ready for his second coming? Can you say today, come thou long expected Jesus? You see, I'm not looking for his first coming. That's already taken place. Praise God. Every I dotted every T cross. He fulfilled all of that. I'm looking for a second coming. Come thou long expected Jesus. Raise us to thy glorious throne. You know, it's interesting to notice what the Lord Jesus says. in the next to the last verse of the Bible. Revelation 22, 20 says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. Surely I'm coming quickly. And, you know, as you keep reading that verse at the end of that verse, it just fits so nicely with our carol today because we're, we're studying what come thou long expected Jesus. You know, what the end of that verse says, Revelation 22, 20. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Come thou long expected Jesus. We're looking for you. Amen. Even so come. Lord Jesus. Can you say that today? Can you say amen? Come, thou long-expected Jesus. I'm ready for your second coming. I'm ready to be with you. I'm ready to be like you. I'm ready to be in your presence, worshiping you. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? This last moment or two, I want to ask you, can you confidently say that today? We're about to sing this carol together. Let me ask you, can you say and sing today, looking forward to second coming, come thou long expected Jesus? If you can't, you can be today. That's why I came. To save you, to redeem you, to make you a child of a God, a heir and joint heir of the Lord Jesus. And today, if you'll return from your sin and place your faith in Christ, he will save you. He'll prepare you. You'll be ready to spend eternity with him. I'm going to invite you to do this if you have never received Christ, and we have a invitation today, I would invite you to come down, take my hand, and I'll put you with someone who loves Jesus and loves you, and will lead you to the Lord Jesus. Now, I know I'm talking to some today, many, who say, you know what, I already know him. Praise the Lord. It's by his grace and mercy that any of us know him. But you know, that song talks about him ruling in our hearts and reigning in our lives. And I wonder today... 
Is he ruling and reigning over every part of your life? Is there anything you're trying to kind of hold back? Is there anything that God the Holy Spirit has put his finger on in your life and you're, you're resisting and he keeps working and you keep just trying to hold on? Is he Lord over every area of your life? Maybe today as we sing this carol, you need to come and you need to lay some things down before King Jesus. You see, he's no longer a tiny babe in a manger. He's no longer a crucified Savior on a cross. He's no longer a corpse in a tomb. He rose victorious. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is coming again. And if we know him, he is our master. He is Lord, and he deserves to rule and reign in every area of our lives. And so I want to invite you, maybe that God's put his finger on something in your life. You need to come lay it down today before King Jesus. I invite you to do that when we sing. Father, it is with a grateful heart that we bow today. And I thank you for that glorious gift of Jesus. Now, Father, I pray As we have this song of invitation, there will be those who would be coming to him today. Turning from their sin and placing their faith in Jesus. This will be the day of new life for them. Eternal life for them. And then, Father, I pray that you'd work in our lives of those who are already your children. If there are any areas where we're resisting your ruling and your lordship. We would come today and lay that down at your feet. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. Lord, help us always to be able to say the last part. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Number 77, I hope the invitation's clear. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. The altar's open today. You need to be saved today. You come. Let me know that. But you're someone who will share the gospel. You need to come and pray today. We invite you to do that. You can sing with better understanding today. Sing it out. Think about it as we sing 77. <laughs>